Hey folks, the only thing that is constant is change. And you know what? We're about to make some changes to our program here. Listen, come on along, see what we've got on board for you. Hey, this is Trains Live. Do you like what you hear? Listen, check out this episode in video with a Trains.com Unlimited membership. Click the link in the episode notes and watch it today. Oh, wait a minute, not a member? Try our 30-day free trial of Trains.com, the ultimate online portal for anyone who loves trains of any size from any era. Trains.com, it's your home for the most comprehensive routing news and curated video series, articles, photos, and so much more, all about trains. So folks, welcome to season two of Trains Live. I'm Bob Lettenberger, associate editor of Trains Magazine. Yeah, season two. Wow, you, thanks for hanging around and coming behind the scenes and looking at, at all things trains that we've we've talked about. As I mentioned in our, our open today, hey, you know what? The only constant is, is change. And we're going to make a few adjustments to the train here on, on Trains Live. But, you know, we've come a long way thus far. I mean, think about some of the things that, that we shared during season one. I mean, we got to talk with, with Ed Dickens, head of the, the Union Pacific Steam Program. We had a great interview with him talking about the big boy, how it's operated, the restoration. Uh, we, we looked at a very very interesting book, Walk Through Fire, um, by Dr. Yesman Ali, and talked with her about the train disaster in Waverly, Tennessee, the town that she grew up in, the town where her parents were the physicians that, that were on duty during this disaster back in the 70s. Hey, if you caught the episode during National Rail Safety Week, you might even see me crawling around on my hands and knees at a Canadian National Grade Crossing here in Waukesha, where Kalmbach is located, painting sea tracks, think trains on the sidewalk to help keep people safe. Yeah, we've done some crazy and behind the scene things here on Trains Live. Now, here's, here's the interesting part, and here's where I'm, I'm taking you with this. Along the way here, our production crew has, besides editing and making me look, you know, at least quasi-good, they've discovered that the audio from the program is very dynamic. It is, it is rich with details. It is very descriptive. The conversations are interesting and compelling, and that makes for good podcast material. So we've been experimenting over the last month or so here with taking some of those audio segments, actually whole program audio, and posting it as a podcast. And the response has been very nice. Thank you very much for listening. So our big change to launch season two is that, that we're going to expand the program. And we want to give you more access to all things trains, to uh, trains of, of all sorts, of all forms. That's what we are going to expand into. And Bryson, what are you doing? You said all things trains, Bob. Yeah, I know, but I'm, I'm in the middle of trains live and... I was just walking by and you said that we're going to do all things trains. And I 
I enjoy all things trains, Bob. So mm. I came in. I know, but this is this is this is like trains, like big trains. You're associate editor for Model Railroader, but they're still model trains, Bob. They're just a little bit smaller than your trains. Okay, all right. They're trains. I'll give you that. Um, so you hear all things trains, and you just think, come in, sit down. That's how we work here, right? I I don't know. I mean, I usually they close the door when they see me coming by, but you just hop right. It, it's said to be quiet, so I was quiet. Brayson, let me cut to the chase here. Time out. What are you doing here? Well, I thought I could help you talk about all things trains, Bob. You you want in on this? Oh yeah, yeah. That's why I'm here. Okay. Well, I. I you and I've had some great conversations. I love chatting with you about trains. What? You're you want your contract rewritten so like you're co-host of Trains Live? I don't need a rewritten contract, Bob, but I thought I could help out a little bit. You know. Okay. Take some of the pressure off of you. Some of the pressure. Okay. Um wow, this is this is like a massive momentary adjustment. New season, podcast, and then Me. we're gonna add you. Yeah. This is this is massive expansion. Okay, well, um, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to you to meet the new co-host of Trains Live. This is Bryson Sleppy, associate editor from Model Railroader, which, if we have just discovered, is actually real trains. That's that's kind of where we're heading, folks. Besides going into the podcast, um, we do want to expand the idea of trains and all things trains. And yeah, Bryson's absolutely right. Model trains are trains as well. And even today, as you you hear the rest of our discussion here, you've got some ideas what we're going to talk about. I mean, you just didn't, you came with ideas. Yeah, you I have just, ideas. You have ideas. Okay. Yeah. This isn't just you occupying space. No, I'm a little bit more useful than that. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's where we're going to expand to, folks, all things trains. And and if it runs on rails, two, one, standard gauge, narrow gauge, we're going to talk about it. And we're going to keep going behind the scenes. And I think with the knowledge that we hopefully share here uh, between the two of us, um, since Bryson professes to know about trains, we're going to present a much fuller, richer vision of trains and railroading and do it not only in audio but in video as well. I believe so. There we go. All right, so let's let's do this. Um, who are you? Well, <laughs> as you said, I'm Bryson Sleppy. I'm the associate editor of Model Railroader magazine. One of our sister publications in the tracks group the here tracks at Combuck, yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. I've been here since July of 2022, so about a little over a year and a half. Okay. Um, before then, I worked at Walther's Model mm. Railroad. Okay. And before that, I worked at Hobbytown USA in the Model Railroad Department. Okay. So I've been involved. I've, <laughs> I mean, I have been a modeler since I was probably two, three years old. And I've been into the full-scale prototypical railroads since... I could ride a bike, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, and I think you know about me, and hopefully some of our viewers uh, maybe remember some of the details as well. But, gee, I, I 
signed on here just a few months before you, um, February, a couple years ago. Uh, and yeah, I work over with trains with the, the big, the big trains. Yeah. Um, before that, for about 25 years, I was at the National Railroad Museum up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, wore a number of different hats up there, education director, uh, operations manager, communications director. Uh, but yeah, all dealing with, with you know, the big, the big trains and the, and the history thereof. Um, where'd you grow up? So Bob, I grew up in Arlington, Ohio, which is a small town basically south of Fostoria in uh, Deschler, Ohio, which some viewers may know as some pretty big rail fan areas. And... That's what kept me occupied in high school. <laughs> okay, all right. So it wasn't it wasn't cars and it wasn't the bicycle. It, it was, it was not. It was the trains. Nice. I uh, I also volunteered at a railroad preservation that ran fifteen inch live steam. Oh, so I know it's smaller than two foot gauge, Bob. It's a train, but it's we've, a train. We've established it's it as a, a train. train. Cool. So I fired live steam back in the day. Okay, and yeah, so I enjoy. Even more than the models, I enjoy bigger <laughs> trains, too. Uh, well, I was actually born here in Milwaukee. Oh, wow. Yes, yes. But lived in Wisconsin, Rhode Island, Arizona, Wyoming. Uh, where else can we throw onto that list? Probably a couple other places that I can't remember at Maryland. the moment. Yeah, Maryland. Maryland, yeah. yeah okay. Um, and yeah, there was there was there was trains all along there. Um, you know, it started out with, with Dad's American Flyer set and um, I, I'm I'm old enough. We'll talk about that in a minute. I'm old enough to still remember here in Wisconsin when uh, Schlitz Brewing sponsored the annual circus parade and then circus train from Baraboo um, here into Milwaukee. Um, in fact, we went one year to Jefferson Junction, not too far uh, down Interstate 94 from here to, mm -hmm. to see that train go by. Um, geez, I can remember going to the depot in Brunswick, Maryland and picking my dad up from what was Chessie system, and then eventually the the Mark hey, uh, commuter the trains. Mark there we before. go. Yes, um, you know when we lived in Laramie, Wyoming, uh, oh, yeah. my mom went shopping downtown. My dad's favorite babysitter for myself and my brother was the the pedestrian bridge over the Union Pacific train yard, and this is back in the seventies when the UP was running all the big double diesels. Um, so yeah, it, gee, I like trains. <laughs> both of us do, Bob. I think both of us do. So what, Bryson? What what brought you? What brought you to Kambach? Why do you like trains? What what about this subject makes you get out of bed every morning and and come and do what we do? You know, Bob. I I think it's just the excitement, right? So my grandpa got me into trains when I was three. And I was one of the kids who never grew out of it. I, I just grew into it. So to me, there was a great community in the model railroading and the rail, the rail fan hobby. Um, so I, I made a lot of great friends through that. And I've met a lot of great colleagues here at Kalmbach. So that's, you know, that's what gets me out of bed every morning. It's not just the trains, but it's the, the people in the community behind that. What you can do with them. What you can do with them. Yeah. And... You know, I read Model Railroader and Trains as a kid growing up, and 
I quite frankly never expected to work here <laughs> in the industry or yes. at Model Rail, at Kohlbach, yes. right? Yes. Never expected to work here, but you know, I through multiple <laughs> multiple factors, I'm I'm here, and I could not be happier. You know that that's kind of the same experience that I had because you you read the magazines. Yeah. Okay. And you know, I mean, I was perched on the mailbox every month for, for model railroad and for trains and then eventually classic trains. And then, you know, you got it, you got to order the, the, well, just the, the special issues. And now I find out they're SIP special interest publications, but you waited for those and you got to know names like, you know, Bob Johnson and, uh, you know, Carl Swanson, um, you know, Jim Wren, um, you know, I think of some of the guys over on the, the model railroader side, and I'm probably going to date myself by mentioning like uh, Jim Kelly, um, you know, Eric White, who's editor now. Um, and yeah, like you said, then you come into the building and it's like, Oh, hi. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're so, well, we had, we had, uh, season one, we had Bob Johnson on the program here. Uh, and, you know, I mean, Bob, Bob has forgotten more about passenger trains than what I'm ever going to know. So, yeah, to, to come in and see that is pretty incredible. And don't worry, I made him some of that Amtrak chocolate tort when he was here. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Bob, you bring up a really good point. Um, I know Cody and David kind of hate it, but I grew up reading Cody Grivno and David Pop's stuff in, sure. in Model Railroader. And sure. now I we go to Culver's mm -hmm. for yes. like, you know, for lunch. <laughs> it's like something I never expected, right? But mm -hmm. I'm glad I'm here. Gotta, gotta tell you, you know, Cody Grivno. I mean, read his material for for years. Got, when when I was doing educational programs at the National Air Museum, and we did modeling with with like our summer camp kids, yeah, you read Cody's column, you pick up the tips, and then you know teach. But I can tell you, first time I met Cody, I was the guest speaker at the um, Midwest Division of the National Model Railroad Association. They had their their annual convention gathering uh, meet up in Green Bay. Um, and I was the guest speaker at dinner that night. And, okay, it was Green Bay. Okay, I'm playing the home court. I knew a lot of the, the folks there. And uh, we, had a, we had a table. My wife and I were seated and a few other folks around the table. And this, this gentleman walks in and he's just, he's looking kind of lost. And I was like, come on over, sit down, sit down. We got an extra spot here, sit down. Who are you? Hey, I'm, I'm Cody Grivno. Nice to meet you. I just started the Model Road Magazine. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's almost 25 years ago. It, it was almost 25 <laughs> years ago, Bob. Yeah, and then now you know we work in the same building with those folks. So, uh, All right. Now, something that you and I have alluded to in our conversation here, and I think we need to Elaborate. put the cards on the table, as it were. Um, I'm 60 years old. Bryson laughs. <laughs> Bryson? I'm 24. Almost 25. Puppy. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, this is going to be one of the neat expansions of Trains Live, is there is going to be 
a age difference and a different perspective between um, myself and my brand new co-host. Um, and it's going to bring you an interesting perspective um, on, on trains and, and railroading, which leads me to the question of, okay, you're 25, going on 25 years old. How do you... How do you find? How do you pursue trains? How do you keep up with what's current? Where you know you get an idea in your head and go, man, I want to know more about that relating to trains. How how do you do it? What do you do? Well, I will. I'll I'll tell you, Bob. One of the things that's been a constant for me for a long time has been Trains Newswire. But aside from that, I'm. 24 going on 25. I use the internet all the time. So a lot of where my, I wouldn't say knowledge, but but what sparks me is, you know, videos that I'll watch on YouTube of a railroad that I have never, you know, heard of before. Or I'm in a decent amount of Facebook groups. So, you know, trains or locomotives that I might not be as knowledgeable as I could be on. Things like that you know, get me to, they give me a start, right, of, okay. of research. Right. And, you know, maybe I'll go down to the library and go through a book, you know. Hold on. You've been in a library before? Yes, Bob. Yes! However, I will say I've used our library way more than any other library in my lifetime. <laughs> That'd be the David P. Morgan library that we P. have Morgan, here at the yes. at, at Kalmbach. All right. You mentioned YouTube. Yes. Um, we, treat me as an amateur here. Okay. Where, where on YouTube should I look for trains? I mean, what, I mean, can I find can I find model stuff? You know, if I want to just, I don't know, watch videos of trains. If I want to watch specific uh, news events. Um, where, what, what should I be, what should I be looking for? Well, at this point in my life, everything comes up on my recommended page, (laughs) (laughs) but I would say a good place to start is just searching. It's kind of like Google. Um, you know, you search for what you want. One page that I really enjoy is called DJ's trains. He is a locomotive engineer for CSX, but he's also an N scale modeler. So he, he combines kind of what we're doing here, Bob. He combines the real world and his real operations with end scale and modeling. Okay. Um, and, and he takes a, a more of a like a track planning kind of approach or a, a, a layout planning approach. Okay. But also has stories. Um, another is a, a channel called Wendover Productions. They, although they focus on um, transportation and the world in a broader concept, there are a, some very specific. Um, you know, railroad topics that they'll cover. Okay. Such as their most recent one was they took a deep dive into Brightline and what has made Brightline down in Florida as successful as they are. Okay. All right. And, you know, I mean, that's, as you're saying that, it that's interesting to me because, um, okay, we look at something on YouTube and we see video of Brightline operating, but yet... Okay, for me, the older guy, um, I can go pick up Trains Magazine now and read Bob Johnson's accounting of, uh, say, the first day of Brightline service from Miami up to Orlando. 
now I've got I've got the print the details, but yet I've got the video um, that shows these contemporary trains in motion. All right. Wow, you might be able to teach an old dog some new tricks just yet here. Wow. I'll try. You'll try. <laughs> okay, now, Facebook. Um, a lot of folks think Facebook is, is, oh, God, the old person's media, okay? Um, but at the same time, yes, I do some Facebook things, and I'm going to admit, you know, I follow, like, the you know, the historic roundhouse group. Um, yeah, fans of Union Pacific Steam, so I can keep up with the big boy. Okay, what are you looking at? Most of what I'm looking at is pages of local railroad sections. So there's a group that I follow that is the, it's like North Central Indiana. So it follows okay. that region. Mm -hmm. There's a Canadian Pacific uh, from Chicago to the Twin Cities. There's a group for that. And so most of these groups will post like heads ups of different trains going by. Okay. Or they'll post, people post pictures or videos of trains that they've seen. All right. All right. So kind of leading to that, uh, you read Trains Magazine or watch a, a Kalmbach video, um, something of that nature, and then uh, you can go into the field but find out information in advance through like these sites that you're talking about. And it really helps when you're out rail fanning in the field, you know, getting okay. a heads up on trains that are coming to you or where trains might be. Okay. Yeah. You, you, you may be teaching an old dog new tricks here because this, this sounds like furthering research, you know? <laughs> well, I got to tell you, listen, Bryson, as much as you are online and, and getting information that way, um, okay, folks know I love libraries, I love books. Oh, I know. And so, and one of the big things that I, I love about trains and railroading is that history, but not so much just the history, but but connecting the dots. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, you know, here's a model of something, but it came from somewhere. So what's the dot that connects that to that history, which is where that ran, and, you know, how did people, in a, you know, so you get this whole picture. You're an investigator. Yeah, I, I guess you would call it that way. So So books, to me... Big thing, and uh, I think I think folks are amazed to find out how many books I'm actually reading at one time. And I brought in I brought in just two out of the four that I'm have got bookmarked and I'm actively reading right now. One of them that I want to share with folks, and we can get Skycam dialed in here on this one. The, the book here is is Daring and Suffering, um, and it's written by uh, William Pittenger. Now. Over Christmas, um, my wife Julie and I made a trip down to Georgia, and one of the places we stopped was the Southern Museum of the Civil War and Locomotives. Is that in Kennesaw, Georgia? Kennesaw, Georgia, I, formerly known as Big Shanty. I, I passed that when I was at a convention in Cartersville back in September, okay. but it was closed when I wanted to go. Okay. So if you went, you got to tell me all okay. about it. So at this museum, they have the locomotive, the General. Yes. A 440 from the Atlantic and Western. And if folks remember their history, in 1862, April of 1862, Andrews and his raiding party, uh, Union soldiers and Andrews being a civilian, crossed the Confederate lines during the Civil War. 
They went to Marietta, got on the train, rode up to Big Shanty, now Kennesaw, and they stole the general and three boxcars, and their idea was to run north and tear up the line along the way. Um, one of the raiders was William Pittenger, and he, after uh, capture, endeavored to uh, write down the entire episode. And so after looking at the general and just, oh, of course, you got to hit the museum store. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And, and I saw this book and I'm thinking, man, I've, I've read other accounts of this. And of course, you know, seen Fetz Parker's Walt Disney movie, which, by the way, folks, isn't that bad as far as accuracy is concerned. But Pittenger, from the perspective of one of the raiders, makes an accounting of the story. And you can see I'm, I'm a little ways through it here, but so far it has been um, an amazing tale. The other one that I'm, I'm uh, working on right now, let's get that on under Skycam here. Union Pacific, of course, gotta love the building of the Transcontinental Railroad. Yeah. Don't have that, we don't got big boys, we're all sad, you know, so on and so forth. But amongst all the scandal that happened during the building of the Union Pacific, on both sides, Central Pacific and Union Pacific, um, and the Union Pacific with their contracting company, Credit Mobile A, the, you know, there was things that were done business-wise that today are unthinkable. And they're illegal. Back then they weren't because, of course, well, these guys were doing them to make them illegal eventually. But out of all of the people involved, there was only one person that ever was, was formally uh, punished, sanctioned. Charged. Yes, and, and it wasn't even in a court of law. It was Oaks Ames, who was one of the principals in the Union Pacific. Um, he was a congressman from Massachusetts, and he was censured um, by his fellow congressional members. So the Ames family, very big in the, the original Union Pacific, Charles Edgar Ames, a descendant of, of Oaks, endeavored to write down the history from the family's perspective. Um, I'm glad I'm reading this one because I, I have read so many other Union Pacific books and this one presents a story that I have not seen before. So while you're, you're on the internet surfing and going out in the field right away, I'm, I'm in my easy chair with, with my, my books here. <laughs> you know what, Bob? This brings up another good point of another way that I get my information. And that's podcasts. Mm, yes, yes, exactly. Which there, There's one podcast that I have been following called Well, There's Your Problem. And they, they typically take an approach where they, they go through engineering disasters. Okay. But they also had a three-part series on the Penn Central Railroad. And the, oh, the, the corruption and the failure of the Penn Central Railroad. Sure. Which is, I think it's like a nine-hour part, <laughs> a nine-hour series. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> but there, there's a lot of other you know, railroad and model railroad podcasts that I follow. And that's why when Trains Live became a podcast, yeah. I, I was pretty excited with that cool. change. Cool. So, folks, we've got a new, new co-host. 
Um, still going behind the scenes. We're going to give you a, a dual perspective uh, as we move forward here between uh, the look of the older trains guy and the younger model railroader guy and the, the, the uh, two different slants on media that we use to keep ourselves current and the things that we like. But listen, the big thing is this. We're going to still keep taking you behind the scenes. And I, I was looking at some of our notes and things that we've got coming up. Um, we paid a visit in season one to our folks over at the Mid-Continent Railway Museum um, in North Freedom, Wisconsin. Uh, we're going to go back and see them again soon. Um, they have just started restoration on one of the uh, last pieces of Electric Motive Corporation. Not EMD, Electromotive Division, Electromotive Corporation equipment. They have a one of the, the doodle bugs, one of the rail cars, oh, cool. and they are starting to restore that. And I know, and we're also going to tour a piece that I know you and I have talked about that you like, and that's the, the, the fish Wisconsin, car. The fish car, yeah, the Wisconsin, well, now it's Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources. Uh, back then, I think it was the Wisconsin Fish and Game Commission, but their car for transporting um, fish basically from the hatcheries to where they were going to be seeded throughout the state. So we're going to we're going to take a look at that. Um, you know, not too far here from from Kalmbach's headquarters in Waukesha uh, is the Hank Aaron Trail. Yep. And right now, Bryson's going, Bob. That's baseball. What do we? <laughs> You made this big shtick about all things trains, and I'm going to hand you baseball. Well, as you walk along the Hank Aaron Trail, there is a place under the 35th Street Viaduct, Milwaukee, that was the shops for the Milwaukee Road. And yeah, you you brought some of that. And folks, here, listen, here we go. Here's the tie between model and real. What do you got? This is one of the Milwaukee Road Beaver Tail observation cars, Bob, which was produced by the Milwaukee Road shops. Located along the Hank Aaron located Trail. along the Hank Aaron Trail. Under the 35th Street Viaduct. I think we should go visit that. Also along the trail there, there is some neat uh, public art sculpture. Um, and the artist for that lives here in town. See, we can come along. I yeah. think we should. Okay, all right. You know, and, and folks, if you look back, um, Bryson was a guest previously on Trains Live. Uh, we collaborated on some cooking. We did, Bob. Yeah. That was pretty fun. Yeah, uh, Amtrak-esque chocolate, chocolate tort. tort. All right, well, listen, we've had some requests that we don our chef's hats and aprons again, uh, do some more cooking. Um, how do you feel about cream of peanut soup from the Atlantic coastline? That sounds really good. We'll head back to the dining car for that. So listen, folks, season two, Trains Live, new co-host, more adventures, more behind the scenes. Uh, please come on along for, for all the fun that we're going to have with this. Hey, before we take off today, a couple things. Listen, first off, trains.com. You need to, this is, in fact, you know what? This is your homework assignment, ladies and gentlemen. You need to become an unlimited subscriber to trains.com. Now, what's that going to do for you? Newswire. All access to model railroader, to classic trains, to classic toy trains, to garden railway material, uh, to all the material from trains, plus trains video, which will give you not only the audio, but you will get to see the visual part of Trains Live. So listen, that's your homework. Go be a subscriber, become a subscriber to trains.com. Do it as an unlimited member. 
KalmbachHobbyStore.com. Write that one down, KalmbachHobbyStore.com. Books, uh, wearables. Um, drinkware? Drinkware, yeah. Let's, yeah, there we go. There we go. You know, if you're, yeah, if you're going to be on the set of Trains Live, you got to get your goods out of the, the store there. So listen, KalmbachHobbyStore.com. Uh, visit that. Make sure you, um, you, you know, get, get all the good stuff you need. So, hey, welcome to Trains Live. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, it's good to be is, here. Thanks for accepting my this, presence. Yeah, this, I mean, hey, listen, any guy that elbows into the studio and says, I want to do this, let's, let's go for the ride. This is going to be fun. So, till next time, folks. Besides seeing you on Trains.com, we definitely want to see you nestled right behind the pages of Trains Magazine and Model Rarator Magazine. See you next time on Trains Live. Do you like what you hear? Listen, check out this episode in video with a Trains.com Unlimited membership. Click the link in the episode notes and watch it today. Oh, wait a minute. Not a member? Try our 30-day free trial of Trains.com, the ultimate online portal for anyone who loves trains of any size from any era. Trains.com, it's your home for the most comprehensive railroading news and curated video series, articles, photos, and so much more all about trains. Trains.